Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. It's time for another My Ship Story Podcast. I'm Brad. I'm your host today. Got with me, Scott and Eric. Let's check in with Scott. Scott, what you got going on? Anything exciting? I actually here in a couple of days, getting ready to go down with the family and the uh, extended family to a beach house in Orange Beach, Alabama. So we're going to stay overnight in, oh, yeah. in Alabama. Uh, yeah, Alabama. A lot of people from Tennessee go down to Orange Beach. I've, I've yeah. heard uh, quite a few never been there. there. We're going to stay overnight in New Orleans uh, before that, and then uh, head down to the beach. But let me let just me missed Mardi Gras. You should have gone down and. Well, I, I think we did that on purpose. Isn't oh, it wow, Mobile that you go to Mardi Gras? Isn't it Mobile? Mobile that has a big Mobile no. has a big Mardi Gras. <laughs> Mardi Gras is New Orleans. What are you the hell are you talking about? No, Mobile has a huge Mardi Gras. Okay, I'm it can't be anywhere sure. near the size of New Orleans. It's Oaks, this is this is what you get when when you're from Fay, Oklahoma. <laughs> I think they go to Mobile, Alabama for a freaking Mardi No, Gras. I know, I know about New Orleans, but I'm, what I'm saying is, Mo, I, we're talking about Alabama, and I'm I'm like Mobile, yeah, the, is, the world famous Mardi Gras in Mobile. <laughs> it, it's okay. I, I'm yeah. talking out of my ass now, but I'm pretty sure that there's a big deal in in Mobile. Hey, I got. Oh, I gotta, oh wow, I'm a poet. I'm a poet. I got to I got to mention this. You know that we're approaching our 100th episode. And just the other day, as you guys are aware now, because I texted you, you know, you've done a lot of podcasts or editing podcasts when you get all the way through editing one to get excited to release it. And you find out it's one that was about a month and a half ago. <laughs> I was so mad. I was that's like, called that's going to be a old. really good edit. And, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. When she started talking about the pineapple and tuna pizza. And I was like, yeah. what? Oh, man, that's like a m- two months ago. Yeah, so, that was a Suzanne Buchanan story. <laughs> exactly. You McClay, know, you've done a lot of McClay, episodes. Suzanne McClay, yeah. When, went through the whole story. Everything was fine. And you're like, shit. You guys amaze me. I think I forget a lot, but you guys amaze me how much you forget about these. Oh, no. And guess what? Guess what? I have a whole spreadsheet with everybody, every guest we've ever had and little notes and and the titles and everything. Nobody but me reads it. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. I usually don't remember. You guys have to give me a little tidbits like, you know, tuna on pizza. And yes, I remember that episode. So I remember them. But if you tell me who we recorded last week or two weeks or three weeks ago, I couldn't tell you. Folks, he he says exactly that about every other week. There's a spreadsheet. <laughs> There's a spreadsheet out there, Eric. Who There's a that? spreadsheet. Yes. Anyway, anyway, Eric, anyway. we got it. We got a guest to get to. What you, what you got? What you got? Uh, Anything exciting? Not, but no, nothing really exciting. My puppy got fixed, and I couldn't believe it. How? No wonder quickly. he's pissed off. No, he's like as if nothing happened. It's like he just started running around right away. They laser it now. They don't like you. Don't have, need sutures anymore. And so he's just the recovery is really quick. Yeah, so that's what I had done. So running, <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> running less around. Pain, a lot less painful. <laughs> and then my old toothless dog, he went over and stole the bone. You know, pr- 
right before we got on, I was just talking about how the dogs steal the bone from one another. And I don't know what got into my toothless one, but he went and stole the bone from one of the others and he's licking it. He can't really chew on it, but he's just sitting there licking on it. So that bone licking, licking the bone while. is a different podcast. Well, <laughs> let me get to me, let me get to me for a second because, um, and yeah. this is great for podcasts, but, um, I am wearing my shirt that uh, my Ukrainian guests that are staying with me right now uh, brought me from Ukraine. And we want to give a shout out to everybody in Ukraine that listens to us. Uh, I don't, I, they're going for their, through a rough time right now. So I'm sure nobody's over there listening, but uh, you I got to say for the, our thoughts are with you. Definitely thoughts are with the, the Ukrainian people. And I thought it was so funny. I was watching TikTok and there was a Ukrainian farmers that had stole a Russia tank and was dragging it and hit it from them with their tractor. And they were laughing the whole time that they were doing that. They're, they're, now they're stealing their tanks and hiding. Yeah, yeah. I saw one where a guy drove up, was in a car. He drove, drives up beside these Russian soldiers that had run out of gas. And he's like, what's going on? Did you guys break down? And they're like, no, we're out of gas. And he's like, I can I give you a tow back to Russia? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. That was funny. All right. Well, oh, hey, let's let's get to our guest today because we've got a good one today, guys. Magician, entertainer, been on ships for a super long time. Welcome to the podcast, Nick Lewin. Thanks for being well, with us. Nice to be here. Uh, very excited to be here. And uh, my name's Nick Lewin, and this is my ship story. I did my first cruise in 1970 uh, wow. through uh, oh, wow. 2018. <laughs> so it's... Uh, you know, what can I say? I, I've seen it all go. I started on steamships. It was the TSS. <laughs> no, it really was the TSS, the turbine steamships, right the way through to the latest Royal Caribbean ships, or at least wow. the latest in 2018. So there's probably been 12 more since then. You're serious. Oh, wow. It was a steamship? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but, you know, some of the all the cruise ships when we sailed were steamships, like the Norway was an SS, was a steamship too. That was the big, one of the biggest ships in the world. It was the SS Norway. Yeah, Back in 1980. Right, yeah. And you talk about my bad memory, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but sorry, I mean that was that was up. that was but that was that was kind of a one off. I mean the but the Norway was really old. It was, yeah, it was old. It was it was, old it was really ship. old. But anyway, so Nick, it's not only us. old, that was one of the greatest ships ever. Uh, the Norway it had a great showroom, and uh, I loved that ship. That that and the old original Rotterdam were two of the grand old ships of the seas. Was the Rotterdam? Right. It was Holland America, wasn't it? it was back Holland then? America? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. Let's hear more about that ship. So what ship was it? Like what cruise line was it? I had never heard of that ship. Well, the the way the way I started, uh, I, I grew up in, uh, I was born in London, the capital city of Saudi Arabia. And uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I was doing magic back out there. And uh, by the time I got to be about 19, uh, there was very little work around at that point in the uh, late 60s. So I saw an advert in the stage. That was like the big British showbiz magazine. And there was this tiny little piece about this size, wanted ships entertainers. Uh, and uh, so I thought that sounded good. So 
so I uh, I went the, the audition. There was a really curious agent who booked it, uh, and I went down there and I just talked about the act. I told her what it was, and uh, and she said, "Oh, that sounds good," and booked me. And uh, uh, so that was with Chandris. Do you remember? Oh, I yeah. bet none of you remember Chandris. Yes, you I do. do. Chandris was a precursor to celebrity. It, it was indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was so that was my first, uh, and they they were not that well established when I, one of the first, I used to hang out with the captains, I used to like to see card tricks, uh, mm-hmm. so I would, uh, I would go and do card tricks, and I remember the, the first uh, ship I was on, uh, the, the captain uh, was saying, oh, I'm glad you're here now, things have got so, so good now, so sophisticated, <laughs> and I said, really? He said, yes, we have charts now. <laughs> I said, charts for the singers? He said, no, no, charts. That's how we, we map where we go. That's, uh, that's we like just don't pull up to the, the island. <laughs> yeah, and, and I said, well, wow, uh, when did that arrive? And he said, just this year, because they're very expensive. And until the year before that, that was on the uh, TSS Romantica, which was not as romantic as the name <laughs> by any means. Uh, and until uh, until th- that year, what they'd done, they had scheduled all their departures, uh, and they left after a ferry went from island to island. So, uh, uh, you know, they would, oh the ferry would take off, the ship <laughs> would take, and they would follow that ferry till they got to the next island. So it was uh, eventually that, I, you know, I hit it lucky. I was there and uh, uh, they actually had charts, so they kind of knew where they were going. <laughs> wow. Oh my God, that's crazy. They were probably uh, writing the charts as, as well, they were going there. Probably, I, I mean, they always looked a little lost. They had, uh, I, I was, uh, <laughs> I worked <laughs> with, uh, they had like two groups of uh, two entertainers and we would jump ship to ship and I'm not saying the Greeks were disorganized but they were disorganized uh, <laughs> they never knew where we were so and the nice part was Chandris was a big deal around the Greek islands uh, so uh, wherever we spent the night you didn't need to have any uh, kind of a setup deal you just went to the hotel or restaurant oh I'm with Chandris boom they put it on a tab they charged it uh, which was kind of neat uh, I liked that a lot and, and they would keep forgetting my first run was six months uh, around the Greek islands. Uh, and, tough um, place to go. So tough that way. Oh, I know. Uh, it yeah. was very tough. And we, we left from Venice, and then they would oh. also take Black Sea cruises. Uh, and uh, But they would, they would forget where they put us. So uh, the singer I was working with, uh, they said, oh, no, you'll get off the ship. You'll get off tomorrow, and we'll let you know where you're going. Uh, and then we would stay there for five, six days, <gasps> charging everything we wanted. And then we'd get a sudden panic call from the somebody at the cruise line said well where are you uh and uh, well where you told us to be but you're supposed to be on another ship uh and well you didn't tell us so uh, it was really kind of fun so we would get to <laughs> some really great little extended vacations and the so, islands were just beautiful i mean when you're coming from england there was nothing more exotic than you know finding that you're on a greek island and uh, it was beautiful days small ships looking back on it and they didn't really have entertainment departments in those days uh all the entertainment uh, was put on you would have purses on the ship who 
light show business. So they would be put in charge of putting the shows together. Oh, no. Uh, and yeah, it was as disastrous <laughs> as it sounds. Yeah, uh, I was like, absolutely. Brad, you and I putting on shows, like, you know, developing shows for the entertainment. I can't that, imagine that, anything worse. That's crazy. Two persers starting a show. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that sounds ridiculous. Well, I know you were a person, but you were a purser on Princess. Are we on Princess? No, I was point? a purser on, uh, <clears throat> on Royal Caribbean, and then I worked shoreside for Princess for almost 20 years. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, Princess, I still have a, I still have a beef with their purses department because uh, they knew how much money you were making, and they never liked that. So whenever you went down, oh, you're making too much money. And looking <laughs> back, it never was that much money. Uh, no. But uh, but I started with the Greek ships. That was so the Greek islands was first, and uh, whilst we were in the Greek islands, everyone said, oh well, you got to go to the Caribbean. The Caribbean's so much oh, fun. No. The Caribbean's way better than this. Uh, so, well, okay, I kind of believed it. Uh, and then I, I got off that, I did six months, uh, and I said, well, that's it. I'm never doing that again. Uh, it was just so crazy uh, and chaotic. I, and one of the captains fell in love with the female singer I was working with. Uh, and, uh, and she had no interest in him whatsoever. And he got really upset. So it all fell apart. Uh, we arrived and there was no cabin. They used to overbook on Chandra so badly. This, this sounds like uh, yeah. a, a, a tale that just keeps on keeps on yeah. happening this is the the never-ending tale a tale as old as time that's what i was yeah. trying to come wind up me up let me go <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't believe the time my ship story in the singular no 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 there's plurals uh, so i did that so in the end he, the captain went really crazy he uh, we got put, uh, uh, you know, he was throwing lamps around because she didn't say, well, you're both going, and, we, and we, we left. And I said, well, that's it. I'm never doing that again. Then I got back to England. It was freezing cold. It was damp. Uh, and I said, eh, I don't know. And, th and then the agent called me again and said, well, Nick, they loved you. And I said, no, they didn't. They hated me. Uh, and uh, I got, you know, a lamp thrown at me. I said, oh, no, this is different. <laughs> This is a beautiful new ship. So I'd been on the Regina Magnum. Uh, that was the big ship that they had, which, of course, now would pretty much float in a swimming pool on a Royal Caribbean ship. Uh, it would okay. be like a lifeboat. Now, what, they said, no, what, no, no, you're going to love this. What line was that, the Regina? That, that was Chandra's. Still oh, okay. Chandra's. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, <clears throat> so I said, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'm willing, I'm game. And, and I booked, I got booked on the Chandra's um, Britannica. That was, and they were doing round the world cruises. Now that sounded very exotic, and, and that was in about maybe seventy one. And in those days, uh, a, a Brit, uh, you could pay ten pounds, and that was your passage to get to Australia because they were so anxious to get people to Australia. What? Apparently, we'd run out of convicts to send them, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, you had to pay your ten pounds. Uh, so everyone, you know, everyone going out to Australia. Uh, had just incredible chips on their shoulders. Some, well, actually, some were balanced to have chips on both shoulders, but they all—they're all very, very. Uh 
you know, the, the world owed them a living and they had their ten their ten dollars. So they wanted and they had to eat everything. Everything had to be the best, you know, and they'd never eaten lobster in their life before, which was pretty good because I don't think what they served them was actually lobster. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was some strange kind of a uh Well, seafood. as we have learned a couple of episodes ago, yeah. it might have been lobster that has Yeah, we've had a story about some lobster. <laughs> oh some yeah. lobster. <laughs> well, they they used to the 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 chefs. I'm not going to call them chefs. Uh, the, the cooks on board the ship. Uh, they would phone down to the um, to the ship's hospital and give them advance notice when they were serving seafood because so many people would get. <laughs> Uh, and oh, I, that's uh, awful. And I hadn't read my contract quite fully enough because on this one, instead of just being an entertainer, they had me down as assistant cruise director, which sounded oh, kind of important. Nice. You yeah. know, it meant oh. getting up early and doing uh, uh, exercises on deck. And I've never been really? an exercise kind of a guy and think, I'm calling bingo. And on that, I did one complete round-the-world cruise, and I always liked it because we'd call the bingo. In fact, they'd lost one of the balls in the little uh, <laughs> round thing that you were... And I said, you know, there isn't, there isn't a B-16. Oh, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Uh, so, anyhow, the whole cruise B-16 never came up. Uh, and I had a really... I mean, the cruise director was just a piece of work. And every day we had the um, the <laughs> the the guessing on how many miles the ship would do, and everyone would bet a little bit. Whoever came closest to the actual miles won the money. Actually, it wasn't that case at all because all the money would come in, then the cruise director would disappear for about three hours whilst he worked out what who's going to pay, how much he could take, what was what, you know. And eventually, somebody got paid a minimal amount through. And uh, and they made me. I even had to be in a like a little production number. Uh, I I was in South Pacific. Well, nobody mentioned that to me, and I and I had to sing. Gotta wash that man right out of my hair. <laughs> and uh, you know, with a voice like mine, they might have jumped overboard. But we we went. The first stop was in the Azores, which was great. We arrived at ten o'clock at night. And then they refueled, and then they left at 10 o'clock the next morning. So it was not the perfect view of the Azores. Uh, then we went to South Africa, kind of interesting. And then we hit Australia, then we went everywhere. I guess this was 72 I was there. Good grief, uh, you were everywhere in Australia <laughs> then. You went yeah. all the way to Perth? <laughs> Oh, everywhere, you name it, because God. they were dropping off all these $10, uh, the, you know, as the convicts. As and and then when it came back, <laughs> now you see, the deal was if you didn't stay for five years, you had to pay for your fare to get back home again. Oh, wow. And that was another whole story, uh, because, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. They sort of arrived out, a lot of the Brits, uh, and they thought they were going to be treated in a godlike manner. It was going to be like a South Sea island where they'd build statues to them because they'd had amazing jobs like being bricklayers back home. And then they get out to Australia and the Aussies weren't like that. They were like a different breed. Uh, and uh, so coming back, we turned from this cattle ship 
uh, this $10 cattle ship, uh, and suddenly it turned into a luxurious uh, deluxe cruise liner, uh, except, of course, it was exactly the same ship, but I think the, the lobster was fresher. So it was uh, so it was a little bit better coming back. We we got to go to Tahiti, uh, which I thought was oh, going to I be exciting, Tahiti. and we were sailing between Australia and Tahiti, yeah. and the ship was just it was beautiful weather. It, the water was absolutely calm, and then at one point suddenly there were huge waves coming. I mean, just like one after another, and they just went shoom, shoom. and of course. Absolute disaster. A piano was not, well, nothing was tied down, but a piano came down, actually hit a passenger, nearly killed them. Everything came off the shelves. And we spent three days with just like a metrodome beat uh, of these oh, no. waves hitting us. And nobody knew what it was. And years later, uh, it was acknowledged that the French, the French had done an underground, underwater uh, nuclear test, and this had set off this set of waves. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, it was, um, I spent three days, uh, just literally, you just stayed in your bunk. You, you, you had to like uh, lock yourself in so you didn't fall out. Uh, so then and we those, got to, and, and, and those waves, you said they went on for like three days, just consecutive. Yep. It was wow. seismic. It all came from under the water, and they were they were pulses that were just hitting it on a regular basis. So did you ever look uh, out over the ship and see any fish like glowing or or anything or <laughs> from the uh, nuclear? No, you you didn't look over the ships uh, at all. <laughs> you tried to stay as far away from looking over the ship wow. as you could. Uh, so everything stopped uh, for you know for that time. Then suddenly, and what, uh, what year are we here? I think this is a bit, this would be about probably seventy one actually. Uh, I think it must have been. God, you've uh, had my whole career in two years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we we got to Tahiti, and I was very excited. I thought, oh, beautiful beaches, and they had all the black beaches, you know, black sand, and it was so unexotic. It made me wish I was back in South End on Sea or one of the little English uh, towns. But eventually, we went through the Panama Canal, and uh, I remember we we stopped at Balboa and Cristobal. Uh, and they tried to make those sound like great ports. Uh, and they really were like a, a killer's highway. I mean, just, uh, and the only thing you could buy, they sold a lot of crocodiles, which of course nobody could bring back into any country because they hadn't really been stuffed. They were just really dead, dead alligators and crocodiles that rigor mortis had set in. Oh no, gross. <laughs> They were looking no. for things. So you're not, to you're buy. not talking about alligator boots and belts and hats and and shoes. You're talking about buying a whole alligator. Yes, I, and you would see the passengers were walking along, and they'd have these big packages, uh, long packages <laughs> under their arms, uh, wrapped up in newspaper. And it was just a dead alligator, not a like, dead not alligator, like a taxidermy well, or anything. Crocodile 
It would have been a crocodile or a caiman because they wouldn't have well, for, alligators there. Well, would have have this is, we're getting back to our toads and frogs and and, Terror, and ter- terrapins, terrapin and, and turtles. This kind of stuff. Wait, so why wouldn't <laughs> they have alligators in Panama? They they don't have alligators in South America, in Central America. They don't. Well, you know, no, only alligators know. in North America. I didn't know the difference know at the time, and I didn't care. You want to know? I still don't bloody care. Uh, I don't want to meet any of them. I don't want to buy any. Of them and uh, you're you're in good company, Nick, because nobody cares except me. Yeah. None at all. I mean, maybe it's a belt, maybe not. Uh, so uh, so that was you know they, they were they were trying to pass these off as being you know deluxe sports, uh, uh, and they were just the pits. And eventually, I got back. I was supposed to have done three of these, so I did this first one. I got back, uh, and I said, "That's it. I'm not doing any more." Uh, that that was just miserable, uh, so I didn't do any more. Three weeks later or a month later, uh, I, I get a call, Nick, they just loved you on the Britannus. I said, no, they didn't love me. Nobody loved me. We had a miserable cruise. Everybody hated everybody. Uh, but I was getting into the hang of this now. So they said, well, no, the, we've got a great new ship. And this was the, the, the Regida Prima. And they said, uh, they said, well, you know, and it was going down the Norwegian coast, and it left from the heart of London. It was that was the days when a ship and that tells you how small the ship was, uh, for a ship that was called Magnum. Uh, it was it went right up the Thames. Uh, so I got on there and I did a, um, I did one cruise. So I I got on board. Uh, and I discovered the captain was the same one who had thrown the lamp at me, who I really did know hated me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did, and I think that was about three weeks, no, two weeks. Uh, and then I got back to London, and then as so I got back to London, I said, well, okay, they said, oh, you'll be in a different cabin next cruise. I said, oh, okay, well, is it going to be better than the last one? Oh, yes. I said, okay, well, I'll take my cases there. And he said, well, no, we don't actually know which cabin yet. Now, I was getting pretty savvy at this point. So I said, oh, you don't know which cabin? And they said, no, no, don't worry. Just get your cases packed. And once we've sailed, we'll give you a cabin. So, uh, uh, and I was pretty savvy at this point. So I, I left my cases uh, right by the gangway. And I said, well, you find the cabin, show me the cabin. And if the cabin works, then I'll take the cases and take them to the cabin. Uh, if not, I'll take them off and I'll take a taxi home. So there was a lot, no, no, you're just being ridiculous. I said, no, I don't think so. (laughs) So eventually I got, somebody said, well, okay, Nick, we have a cabin for you, very nice cabin. And I said, okay, uh, well, let me see it. And I went, and there was nothing in it. It was like an empty room with like, <laughs> uh, there was bits of wood missing. Like a storage there were closet. hammers. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, it was just, and I said, this is the cabin. Well, we'll make it look great. Uh, everything will be taken care of. Uh, and of course, on a Greek ship, it was Avrio, Avrio, which is the Greek for manana, which means uh, it'll never get done. So okay. I said, nope. I said, either I get a cabin or I'm out of here. So uh, uh, in the end, I did. I took a taxi home. 
which was great fate because the next day uh, I was walking in West Kensington, close to where I lived, and there was a little art gallery. Uh, and I sort of looked through the window. I didn't have my glasses on or contacts in those days. And I saw kind of an attractive girl sitting in there in this art gallery. And I said, well, she's kind of nice. And I went in and I think I pretty much posed as being a wealthy uh, art connoisseur. Uh, and um, a very sweet California girl. And, uh, and we, we hit it off. And she said, well, can I make you a cup of tea? And I said, I'd love a cup of tea. And she, this was Susan, and she'd just got out from California. So I said, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. And she'd never made one there, so she went. So she got some almost warm water, sort of semi, not boiling, but kind of heated water. Uh, and uh, and then being from California, she, she was used to iced tea. She said, oh, well, I'll, I'll put some lemon in it. And she put lemon in it. Uh, and said, oh, I've, I've got your tea. I said, no, no, no. I said, uh, uh, you know, I, I like milk in my tea. And she didn't have real lemon to squeeze in, so she put lemon squash. Oh. Uh, and then I said, no, put some milk in. She's put some milk. She poured it in, and it was like there was a Petri dish experiment going on <laughs> as the milk chased the bits of lemon around in the tea. Uh, but I drank it, so I knew it was love. So that's how I met my wife. Uh, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was a good thing, and it was fate. If I hadn't have come off that ship, I'd never have met her. And uh, uh, and then the the next ship. Does anyone remember Royal Viking Line? Yeah, I yeah, think I, I do. Yeah. At the yeah. time, it was the ritziest ship around. It was just, um, and this was such a step up. And I said to Susan, I said, well, would you like to come on a cruise with me? She thought, oh, my God, this is great. He's inviting me on a cruise around Europe. And actually, we took the ship out from Trondheim, and it was a new ship. And we were just going up and down that same Norwegian coast. And what, so what, the, year, what year was this now? This, Where would, are we be, up to this now? would be 72 now, um, in fact. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so, so what I didn't tell her was she was working in the library. Uh, so she worked in the library, and in the show she would bring a prop out, kind of point, you know, that kind of a thing. And we did that for six months. Uh, most of the time, all she wanted to do was find a good, a good hamburger, which was not as easy to find in Norway as one felt in those days. No. Uh, but it was a very ritzy ship. I mean, it's still, uh, it was the, it was really the prototype for Crystal, uh, uh, <laughs> except they had more money behind them. Uh, and uh, we did this uh, for six months, then we came back, and, uh, and then we took off for uh, California. She was from L.A., so I waved goodbye to England. And, uh, of course, arriving in uh, California, I suddenly realized, oh, I don't have any work. I think I arrived with $50 and a box of cigars left over from the last ship. Uh, so I quickly looked around and I got my first job um, on um, Sitmar. Uh, Sitmar yeah. cruises. Oh, that's a that's a precursor to Princess. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, Sitma and there was Princess Cruises, which was an Italian line, and they combined and eventually uh, they formed uh, they formed Princess. Yeah. Uh, so so we, I would do those little cruises. They had the uh, 
Um, they had the Emerald Seas and the Azor Seas, uh, one on each coast. So that was my, and the, that was the most exciting thing in the world uh, with them was they had a pizza parlor, an honest to God pizza parlor. And no matter what time of day or night you wanted to, you could go to this little pizza parlor. They'd make you up a great little individual pizza, every topping you wanted. And that was the first time I'd ever found any kind of, uh, you know, uh, alternative dining. Yeah, so Pensus has historically always had good pizza on their ships. And to this day, they still have a pizzeria on board all their ships, all their new ships. They have, and even that, today, they still have pizzerias on board. And it's good. It's it's better than some of the, I mean, when we worked on board in the 90s, the pizza was pretty bad. It was Well, that all started from Sitma. That was one of the things they took from Sitma, which was an Italian line. Uh, and uh, so, you know, did, uh, in fact, I used to, one of the biggest agents in the business, uh, uh, Candy Casino, you're probably familiar with the casino agency. Yeah, uh, I am familiar with casino agency. They book uh, most of the guest entertainers. They still book a ton of guest entertainers for, for Princess. Huge line, and uh, Candy Casino was a singer at that oh. point. So I remember her say, uh, and the amazing part is, I, I mean, she still looks exactly the way she looked then. I, I mean, I've never seen it. Totally timeless. Uh, but uh, I did that, and that was a fun one. I did that uh, for quite a while. The Azure Seas. Yeah, so the uh, Emerald Seas and Azure Seas belong to Admiral Cruises which eventually Royal Caribbean purchased. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, they, I, I have names sometimes. They all have sort of... <laughs> oh, it happens to all of us. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they were fun ones, uh, to, to say the least. They were a lot of fun. Good shows, great people, and, and pretty wild uh, looking back on it. I mean, uh, uh, that was in the days when uh, it was legal to do all kinds of things on ships you no longer can even talk about. Uh, so uh, it, was a, it was a lot. I remember we did call it the Azure Sleaze. That yeah. was uh, basically the name. And we, we used to, we were doing little kind of party cruises uh, from San Pedro down to Ensenada, back to San, pa San Pedro. And th this was actually the first ship that did that run, which is a big run now. And oh, then yeah. that I, was a three-day cruise. I've done it. Those, that's a booze cruise. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. And when we were doing it back in the 70s, uh, the, there was a certain amount of marijuana being smoked in, on, on all those decks. So they used to, and we, we <laughs> uh, so nobody quite knew what to do with the pot. Well, you know, like, well, oh, we're coming into LA, and they knew they couldn't wait to come on board. They came on with those big savage uh, Nazi dogs uh, and went up and down the hallways. And we had an absolutely, um, an obnoxiously, uh, avid Christian piano player uh, who tried to convert everyone. So everyone hid all their drugs in his piano. So <laughs> that, they, they were put there uh, when they were coming into town. But it didn't stop the dogs coming down, uh, you know, and being a magician, smartass, uh, I got a, uh, a mucky pup, one of the plastic dog poops you know, from a joke shop. 
Uh, you know, I'm sure you've seen them, yeah. and they're, they're sort of discussed. So what I, I'd like to do was I would wait till the dogs had been in and out of the cabin. I, hey, take a look, wait a minute, what's this? Your dog just took a shit in my cabin, uh, you know, which is hysterical to all of us. Until one time one of the uh, the officers, he was just walking down, he said, if you do that dog poop thing today, you're in trouble. I'm taking you off the ship. I said, okay. No more, never again. <laughs> so that was the Azor sleaze. Now, all this time when you're when you're on and off of these different cruises stuff, were you doing magician stuff like a, a magic show the, the whole time? Always comedy magic, uh, and okay. uh, that's all I ever did. Uh, that's all I've ever done. Okay. Uh, and so I've always uh, wondered this real quick: How did you, or how do people even get into magic and learn magic? Like, what is like? How does that even happen? Yeah, did you start very young? Because I've heard stories of people being magicians, and they always seem to have had a fascination with this when they were like very, very young, like eight, ten years old, and start doing magic. Is that what happened? Eleven usually. Uh, Eleven is the normal starting age. I think you have to be a bit uh, maladjusted. I mean, uh, for the most part, magicians are pretty nerdy. Uh, so, so that was the Azor sleaze. And in fact, on that ship, on Royal Viking Line, I'd worked with a singer. Uh, actually, it was a it was a double act, uh, the Gentry Brothers. Uh, and uh, then later on, I found my cruise director on the Azor sleaze. Uh, was uh, now it was Barry Ball, who is also one of the biggest, uh, along with the casinos, uh, turned out to be the most wonderful booker. He was my agent for years and years. He was a great cruise director. He was a great actor. He was a great agent. So he was somebody who stayed with me almost throughout my entire career um, on that ship. It was, uh, I mean, I had some great stories on there. They They had a little back lounge where you would do one show uh, and nobody liked working there because it was tiny and pokey and Frank Sinatra Jr. did a cruise and he did his first show and it was a big deal. They were just hanging off the, the, the walls to see his first show and he really was pretty obnoxious and unpleasant around the ship. Nobody wanted to go to the second show and by the third show they put him in this tiny little room in the back that seated about a 30 people, something like that. Uh, and I was working there once and I went on stage, I'm 6'2". I sliced the whole top of my head open on a light. Everything was set for the Filipino band, so everything was kind of short. <laughs> and there was just blood everywhere. Oh, uh, and I mean, you know, well, if you cut your head, I mean, forget it. There's just blood spurting around. Uh, you look like a horror movie. And, and yeah. I remember the, the assistant cruise director was saying, and I said, oh, I've got to go and have this taken care of. I said, well, you sure you can't do the show? <laughs> no, I can't. Look, there's blood. I was just covering my suit. Uh, so eventually, I did, and I went to the, uh, I went to the ship's uh, doctor, and he sewed it up. Uh, and and I wasn't too excited about this. So the moment I got off the ship, I was doing fly on, fly off. Actually, drive on, drive off, because I lived in L.A. So when I got back to L.A., I went to a doctor, and I said, I just, you know, I just want you to check it. Uh, and he said, well, you know, what happened? I said, well, I hit my head. He said, well, did you actually pass out? I said, oh, yeah. I, I, 
I was down on the ground, and then, you know, I came to, and he said, oh, so they checked you for concussion. I said, well, I don't think so. Uh, I said, and what he actually did was sew my head up, and he get, he said, well, here's some sleeping pills. Uh, it'll probably hurt, so uh, oh. if there's a problem and you, you can't sleep, just take a couple of sleeping pills and you'll go back to sleep, which apparently is not the way you're supposed no. to treat some. I was just yeah. listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about this, and the doctor specifically kept them awake because it could have been very, very serious if you fall asleep while you have a concussion. It's like the yeah. worst thing you can do. You're supposed to stay awake. Well, and I, and I remember then the doctor looked at the, the stitches and he said, my God, he said, and I'm, try, I'm trying to, I, I think he said, I think it was plastic or whatever it was. He said, I have not seen that in 20 years. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got a little bit, uh, I got a little bit, uh, um, you know, of an idea about what, uh, what it was like uh, going to, to the, the doctor on this ship. Well, you guys are so much fun to talk to. I, 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 I couldn't have had more fun chatting. So uh, thank you oh, for including me. Thank on you, this. Nick. Yeah, thank you so much for coming it. on. And, awesome. yeah. Good luck editing this. And, and don't <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, no, oh, no, oh no, no, he's no, edited no, no. worse. Oh, I'll bet you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I didn't tell the stories. Uh, thanks, the... For be, thanks for being sober. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I did a, a two-hour podcast uh, from Australia from lunch, and I had four or five very serious drinks during the course of that one. So I thought it better not to have anything in the evening. So there may still yeah. be a little residual alcohol in the system. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Thanks, Nick. Hey, Thanks, do you, guys. Let, me, let me ask real quick. Do you, do you yeah. still do magic or any shows locally? Oh, yeah. Uh, just okay, tell us well, what you're up to now. Okay, uh, well, if you, if you want to put down a link, uh, just my name, nicklewin.com. That's that would be uh, a good if you know if you're going to do a bottom third or something. Okay, take care, take care guys. And Thanks. next time yeah. after we finish, I'll tell you a Ray Rouse story that'll scare <laughs> the life out of you. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear well, that. we hopefully we've had Ray Rouse on here by then. Hopefully, we'll see. Well, we'll see. I, is Ray it's still around? I don't think there was a better cruise director working than than Ray Rouse. I mean, he was just, uh, uh, he was so good at what he did. He was wonderful. Okay. All right. Okay. Take care, guys. Thanks, Nick. We'll Ciao. 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 Bye. Bye. What a character. Ooh, I mean, listen, man, that's awesome. Could, but I'm seriously, I just, once from the beginning, I was like, okay, I feel comfortable with this guy. And then I was just quickly realized, like, we could talk forever with him, like hours and hours and hours. Uh, well, just imagine if you'd worked on ships for 50 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The kind of, I mean, you know, for us, you know, all of this, all of these memories that keep coming back and we, you know, we were on for, you know, less than 10 we're years, on like less than 10 and he's we're like, you know, and five. he's like 50 years he's and he's half he's, of one he, decade. No, we just got this part of the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great though. I thought I it was, was great. Like, oh was my awesome. God. It was it's great. So it was great. Asking him like what, what year? Oh, so you're in. Oh, we're oh, up 73. to 71, 72, <laughs> 73. <laughs> oh, no, he was really good. Hey, everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio, and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel. 
My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member, and if you have a story that you would like to tell, or if you like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!